The gospel reading for this morning is taken from Matthew's gospel, beginning in the 20th chapter at the first verse. Matthew wrote these things, Jesus speaking. God's kingdom is like an estate manager who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. They agreed on a wage of a dollar a day and went to work. Later, about nine o'clock, the manager saw some other men hanging around the town square unemployed. He told them to go to work in his vineyard and he would pay them a fair wage and they went. He did the same thing at noon and again at three o'clock. At five o'clock, he went back and found still others standing around and he said, why are you standing around all day doing nothing? And they said, because no one hired us. He told them to go work in his vineyard. When the day was over, the owner of the vineyard instructed his foreman, call the workers in and pay them their wages. Start with the last hired and go on to the first. Those hired at five o'clock came up and were each given a dollar. And when those who were hired first saw that, they assumed that they would get far more. But they got the same, each one of them a dollar. And taking the dollar, they groused angrily to the manager. These last workers put in only one easy hour, and you just made them equal to us who slaved all day under a scorching sun. And he replied to the one speaking for the rest, friend, I haven't been unfair. We agreed on the wage of a dollar, didn't we? So take it and go. I decided to give to the one who came last the same as you. Can't I do what I want with my own money? Are you going to get stingy because I am generous? And here it is again, the great reversal. Many of the first ending up last, and the last first. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Oh God, we come to this time open to being surprised. Silence our agendas, banish our assumptions, cast away our casual detachment, confound our expectations, clear the cobwebs from our ears, penetrate the corners of our hearts with this word. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. You'll have to bear with me for a minute. Here we go. I am putting up this ladder this morning because I think it will help to illustrate how we think, how we tend to order things both in our hearts and in our minds. In our idea of how things work, we move up the ladder by doing good things and move down a step or two when we do something wrong. So we begin here at the bottom of the ladder, 
perhaps a confirmation, maybe when we first joined the church. If you are faithful to come at Christmas and Easter, you probably pretty much stay here. <laughs> but you may move up a step if you come a third or a fourth time during the year, or if you show up at a church work day, or if you sell cherry pies in the booth at home days. You can move up another step if you actually say yes to serving on a committee or you teach Sunday school or a Bible study class. Now, if you have a deep, dark secret, then the price that you pay for each step goes up to make, make up for each mistake. If you have a drinking problem or if you feel guilty about the way that you raised your kids or if you went through a divorce or if you cheated someone, then you just have to work harder to climb these stairs. But the object, of course, is to get to the top. Now there's the next step, and that's reserved for those who make a career out of faith stuff. You know, pastors, priests, and nuns, people who have said yes to full-time service. And at the top here, well, that's pretty much Mother Teresa territory. <laughs> Maybe some missionaries who became dinner for a tribe in the Amazon. Pastors who led at least two building projects and their capital campaign drives, you know. <laughs> those kind of folks. Now I just want you to think with me that some form of this thinking exists in each of our noggins. It is there, and we feel guilty when we mess up. And it is there when we feel good about ourselves or if we do something nice for someone else. But I want to tell you today that I think what is really cool about the story Jesus tells us in our scripture is that we learn this ladder and what it represents is solely of our own creation. It does not exist. Grace means that ladders don't rule us. And that may sound wrong at first because this ladder has been pounded into us. But please, just let me take it down, and then let's talk a little bit about it. I think at the core of this story is a central question, and I believe it is this. What does the kingdom of heaven look like? Is it only something that will appear sometime in the future, or can we possibly experience it now? A landowner hires laborers. The first group is hired early in the day and they agree on a payment. And throughout the day, as the landowner discovers there are laborers who have yet to find employment, he goes and hires them. And at the end of the day, he pays all of the laborers, starting with those hired last and working back 
to those who were hired first at the beginning of the day. Those hired at the end of the day, they're given the exact same wage promised as those who were hired at the beginning of the day. And the early workers were upset. They figured if they were hired at the end of the day, if those hired at the end of the day got the full day's wage, they should get more. That is fair, isn't it? Shouldn't pay be based on work done? The more you work, the more you should be paid. Climb the blasted ladder. I want you to be honest for a minute now, and you don't have to scream it out. But really, who is it that you identify with in the story? Where do your sympathies lie? I believe that the majority of us will be drawn to those who worked all day long for the same pay as those who worked only an hour. You made them equal to us. And if we're honest, we join in that cry. Because that is the real rub for us. We feel we've earned more, we deserve more. The notion that each person is equally valued, equally experiencing God's grace, rubs on us. But folks, we are all laborers who show up in need of work and a daily wage. Over 200 years ago now, back when the village of Brecksville was a part of the Connecticut Western Reserve, a pioneer by the name of Lemuel Bourne bought some land, and hear this, walked, walked some 600 miles from Savoy, Massachusetts to Brecksville. And after he had built a cabin on his new property, he walked all the way back to New England and married Delia Waite. He bought a horse, and in the fall of 1812 returned to Brecksville by ox cart and covered wagon with a group of pioneers. After settling in, the Bournes held a religious meeting in their home in 1814, which was the first documented religious meeting in Brecksville. Historians tell us that, and I quote, although their one-room house was only half filled with 16 worshipers, everyone in three townships was present except for one family, that had been overlooked. And such began our presence in this vineyard that has lasted for the last 200 years. We can read with admiration the stories of our founders and what they had to go through to realize growth and money enough for a building and powerful lay leadership during the days of circuit-riding preachers and disease and hardship and wars. But through it all, the workers showed up for work every day in the vineyard. They were the early ones. You know, the ones who laid foundations for buildings they would never, ever see. Who burned candles in the windows of early buildings with tin behind them to reflect the light and allow for evening worship experiences. There are stories of revivals, of wars, of involvement in the issues of slavery, building projects, Sunday school roundups, and the voices, the voices 
that still ring in the air around this place. The rings and the Wyatts, Reverend Rowe and Reverend Swayze, the Akers, Reverend Plummer, the Kleins, Reverend Ament, Reverend Patton, Reverend Tom and Mrs. Nell Taylor, Reverend Jim Winkler, Donna Box, Reverend Adriel Thrash, Reverend Russ Martin, Reverend Karen Ohl, Reverend Libby Kuntz. All workers in the vineyard doing what they could with what they had and finding always it was enough. They were faithful. And here we are 200 years later, the people who now make up the vineyard of Brecksville, Ohio. Beneficiaries, please, of not being here from the very beginning, but showing up for work just the shit, just the same. And this vineyard is still characterized by the owner's generosity and mercy which is a lot like that of a father who waits for a lost son and a king who invites guests from the street to a wedding feast. Jesus invites us to try and understand a little bit more of the world into which we have been invited. And then imagine, imagine, to join in inviting the last ones rather than complaining or comparing. Everyone gets paid the same. Not only now, but down through the years into eternity. And it is not a reward for work. It is what is needed for life. So we are asked to put our ladders away and to be faithful. Thank you for all you do when you show up for work every day in the vineyard. It is the very stuff of life. To God be the glory. Amen.